Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into a passage from the New Testament book of Romans. Clayton, you want to tell us what we're reading today? Yeah, we're reading Romans chapter 6. We're going to do the whole chapter here. And just a recap of where we've been. If you've been reading along in Bible Savvy, you realize Paul is kind of building his case here. He's kind of moving us along. So the first few chapters of Romans were really kind of driving home the reality that every single person, whether you're Jewish, Gentile, whatever your background, whether you're religious, not religious, everybody has the same problem, which is sin, which is a devastating problem. It's not a minor thing. It's not a secondary thing. It's It makes us utterly helpless before God, deserving of his wrath. Then he gives the good news from that. So the like ache of this is really a problem. He turns the corner and says, but then there's Jesus, which is incredible that Jesus would go and be a sacrifice for us. He would atone for our sin. He would pay the price that we owed, then opens up all of these incredible benefits. And so he's unpacking for the, the you know, chapters five and beyond a lot of the benefits that come from embracing Jesus. So he talks about how we receive this by faith, and then it opens the door to all of these things that happen. And so chapter six is one particular thing, and it opens with a question uh, that is a pretty natural question. When you hear that you can't do it, Jesus did it all for you, you just receive that gift by trusting in him, it's, it's a gift, it's grace, and so then this question comes up. So that's where we'll begin as Eric reads. The whole chapter. The whole chapter, that's right. What shall we... Say? And I gave you tea. <laughs> this From my garden. I know. What, we're tr- and what tea are you good. drinking? It's, what, it's, tra- what tea are you drinking for this episode? It's chamomile today. Whoa. So it'll be, it'll be mellow. It'll be mellow. Maybe you should read it with your mellow Bible reading <laughs> voice. Your Stephen B. Stevens tea voice. Stephen B. Stevens. Chamomile today. All right. Okay. Last episode it was... It was peppermint. It's peppermint. This episode is chamomile. So Clayton's going to be, by by minute 25, Clayton's going to be talking like this. Hey, Nikki, you're near the sound effects buttons. Press press something that matches that. Hey, this is Clayton. No, that's not it. That's not it. Hey, this is Clayton. Nope, that's not it. Hey, this is Clayton drinking chamomile tea. Nope, nope that's not it. Hey, no, that's all we got. That's all we got. We got four sound effects. Isn't, isn't there a mellow one in there? That's all I got. Where was the groovy mellow one? Do the... No. Eh, maybe that's the one I was thinking of. Oh. All right. Okay. Don't know. We've just wasted a lot of minutes for in a lot of people's Maybe lives. Maybe like a minute. Nick, you need to get this show under control. You are the host, and it has gone terribly, terribly wrong. Well, this you episode. started to read, and then you, you, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, 
For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so the first step in uh, comma, or the next one we're doing, is O, observations. And this is, this is a really key one. So you may have the experience uh, when you are reading Bible Savvy during your day that you, you read the, the whole reading, just like Eric did, and you realize there is a ton of things going on. This is a very, you know, there's there's all sorts of different things being woven together in this passage, and it could be easy to say, okay, so what, what am I supposed to focus on here? And so one of the keys, and one of the reasons we we do observations the way we do, is that by looking at, at certain things, you can kind of sort out the secondary things from the primary things. You can get the main ideas so that when there's a lot going on, you can kind of have a, a few places to kind of build your understanding off of. And so one of the things that we recommend in terms of uh, what you're observing is to use the acronym TREATS, T-R-T-S. And so I'm going to do the pop quiz and see if you guys can identify what T-R-T-S stands for. What's the T? Truth about God. Yes. R? She is correct. You want to be correct again? Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I know. always the one who oh. gives us the pop quiz. I so. know the answer. <laughs> Repeating words and phrases. Okay. The, the other T? The themes. Themes. What do we mean by that? Yeah, explain how we find that. Uh, it's the little headings or titles at the top of each passage. So like for this one, it's dead to sin, alive in Christ, and slaves to righteousness. Yeah, so sometimes sometimes you pick up something that you're like, oh, I, I sense that there's a theme, but the kind of, you know, the cheat sheet sort of way is those little editorial headings mm-hmm. there, yeah. Yeah, because if you've ever read something, not just in the Bible, but sometimes you read and you get a few minutes later and you go, I, I have no idea what I just read. Yeah. You know, so... Yep, those little headings are helpful in the study Bible. You know, every once in a while, they're a little wonky. If, Sometimes they don't To be help. honest, Sometimes I'm like, help. who put that in there? But So just a reminder, those aren't like the sacred text. Those are just another helpful thing in your study Bible to yeah. help you give, you, the, give the, you a heading. The S in treats? 
You want to answer that one or did something striking? <laughs> he was he was like he's struggling. <laughs> he was struggling. I had to help him. Something striking. All right. So here's here's what I'm going to say. Um, I I think the one that uh, is the easiest to grasp onto because you you can almost do it automatically is our repeating words. It's the one you're like, well, it came up more than one time, so I can see it. Um, and this passage has a lot of repeating words, and if you get them, you will start to get the main ideas of the text. So let's focus on some repeating words. What do you guys see? Uh, we see a lot of uh, dead, death. dead, yeah, death. death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's it's like repeated over and over and over again in that first passage. Life live, alive, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you got death and life mm-hmm. there. The death he died, he died once for all. Where was it? There was one. There was, get in there a few there, more times. There was, there, was one, there was one that was almost started laughing because the word dead or death was in it like seven times in one verse. I'll have to find it here in a second. Uh, so in that whole first half it is death, yeah. and in the, in the whole second half it's slavery. Yeah, yeah. I also see law and grace comes up here a few times. That's a that's a theme that's been coming up a lot through the whole book. We've got a lot of law and grace. What else? We got a lot of mention of like you know your old self and your new self. You know. Mm-hmm. See uh, at the very beginning, the first paragraph, baptism comes up a few times. So lo- looking at those, come up with some kind of big ideas that you see coming from those repeated words. Looking at verses, uh, I'm just going to read verses 8 through 10 again. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. There is something fundamentally key about the Christian life that has to do with death, right? Somehow being associated with the death of Christ is the key to understanding how to how to have life in Christ and how to get to eternal life. Death seems to be a key, oddly enough. Yeah, there's the there's a parallel between Jesus dying and something in us dying. So when it talks about uh, that's kind of what the image of baptism helps with. You know, there's the idea of like Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. And so Paul is saying, uh, first of all, he kind of assumes, you know, all of these believers here, they've, they've been baptized, like they came to trust in, in Christ, so they've been baptized. So they've been through this experience where they were buried in, in symbolically in that water, and they came back out. And he's saying, if you went through that same journey with Jesus, that because Jesus died, some part of you also died, that there's something that is left behind. It's buried, and it doesn't come back up with you into your new life. And so when he's answering that question... Like, what do we say? Like, if, hey, if he's being gracious, he's forgiving, should we just keep going on sinning? Part of his answer is like, yeah, but that would be digging up some dead and buried thing that that you don't want anymore. You know what I mean? It's, that's from some old life that's long gone, and it'd be pretty gross <laughs> to go dig it back up. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird sense of logic, too, when, 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 when someone would say, well, I've experienced the forgiveness of God, and the forgiveness of God is so good, so I'm going to keep doing terrible things so that I can just yeah. experience more and more of his forgiveness and his grace. And it's, I, just, I just find it interesting that Paul would even have to speak to that kind of twisted logic. Yeah, it's up, there, is, there is something in us that, like, we'll make an excuse out of anything. You know what I mean? Like, there's... It, it, it's weird when it talks about that sin being dead, you know what I mean? That it keeps coming up and saying, yeah, but I'll find a way to, you know, 
the zombie version of this, you know? Yeah, so to summarize Paul's response, he's like, go ahead, I guess if you want to dig up dead stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I caught on here, too, was uh, I forgot to mention this one, but it's you, you hear a lot of the, the word offer or offer yourselves. And so the, the one thing that I looked at was it says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. And then he says, it says, offer yourself and offer yourself. And um, there's this thing that we have to ask ourselves, I think, like, what are we offering ourselves to? You know what I mean? Like that's, it's this active daily moment to moment discipline of, of what am I offering myself to? Yeah, there's, uh, when people would go into slavery in ancient times, like we, we sometimes think of modern slavery or, you know, new world slavery where people were kidnapped into slavery for the most part. Um, there, there were some situations like that in the ancient world, uh, but a lot of the times the people who were slaves in Rome would have been people who, uh, through some financial need, had to sell themselves to sort of pay off their debt. And so he's, Paul's using that metaphor of saying, like, if you, if you are going after something to get your needs met, you're offering yourself to it because you think it's going to meet a need that I desperately have. And so to like give yourself to say, I'll give myself to this because it will take care of something that I can't, you know, I, I've got a debt <laughs> that it's going gonna, it's gonna to handle. That's, that's what we're doing when we offer ourselves to sin, or we can offer ourselves to God to say, you're the one who can actually pay the thing that I need to pay. Either way, something's dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like it's, he's, he's saying, you can either voluntarily crucify that part of your life and experience the resurrection life of Jesus, or you can rock on with your bad self. And you know what that's going to lead to? Death. So it's either voluntary death or involuntary death, but the voluntary death actually comes with the life of Jesus and eternal life. Yeah. It, there's, there's a parallel thing here with the, the slavery thing in the second half where there's like, you're going to die one way or the other. You're going to be a slave one way or the other. You, you're you're, you're going to serve somebody, you know, Bob Dylan, right? And so you, you're either going to end up with something, something other than God dominating your life. Like that's the, that's the ironic thing for most of us. It's like the things we go to for freedom end up controlling us. The things we, we look to for uh, you know, this is going to give me life. This is going to make me feel good. Uh, are the things we get stressed out about the things that we're complaining about because we, we're obligated to it? Uh, we're always thinking about it. it. It consumes us. We're worried about it. Um, those are the things that control us. And yet, uh, true freedom comes from having having a different master, not just no master. So, in verse twenty one, what benefits did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. So I'm back to death is going to be a part of this. Death is either the means to life, it's the way to life, or it's the result. So yet we all have to ask ourselves, would I, would I rather be crucified with Christ and have death be the means through which I experience the life of Christ and eternal life, or do I want to experience death as the end? Hmm. I was, uh, that, that passage, that verse that you quoted, like what benefit from those old things? You know, he's talking to people who've left something behind. There's a, there's a little part of people that kind of pine for the old days, right? So I, I, we've been reading in the Pentateuch of all the Israelites saying, well, why did we leave Egypt? We, it was better back then and that sort of thing. But we do that 
in our in our life. We look back. I, I remember I was um, I was in Trader Joe's one time. And is that your the, old life? This is my old life. Yeah, <laughs> let, you, let me tell you about some have things you, I got to repent of. Have you have you, <laughs> have you put to death Trader your Trader Joe's? Trader Joe's. And what did you what do you move on my to? What is the Joe Joe's and, and Pirates and that, Moody? And now he shops. <laughs> and now he shops at Whole Foods. <laughs> so so I'm in Trader Joe's and they've got a. Uh, like a sample place. There's a there's a wine sampling there, and so I'm walking by, and there is a guy standing next to the sample thing, and he starts talking to me as I walk by, which I don't know why he did this, but he, it's a great story. Um, he he says, "Oh man, I can't have any of this. I've got cirrhosis of the liver, and my doctor says if I have one more drink, I'll die." But then he begins to tell me, he's like, "But man." All those years of drinking, I have no regrets. Like he's looking back to the very thing that is physically killing him. He's standing there looking at this thing, wishing I could go back and saying, man, that, those, were, those were great moments. Those were great days. And I, I looked at that, and at the moment, I'm feeling smug about myself. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, man, that's, you're really screwed up. But the reality is that's, that's what we do, right? Like we look at the things that kill us, that enslave us, and say, uh, wasn't that great? You know what I mean? There's some part of you that's like, well, I really like that, you know? Um, and that's where Paul is trying to like expose it and say, really? What benefit was that to you? It was killing you. Uh, this is this is so much better. And his, his, final, his final statement there, which is like the most famous section, the passage here, is like the wages of sin is death. Like it goes to death, but, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. All right, let's go on to meditation, meditation. I'd like us to ponder verse 13 here. So I'm going to read it, um, and maybe there's a word or a phrase that speaks to you that the Spirit kind of draws your attention to as I do this. You can ponder that uh, and, and prayerfully consider this verse for 45 seconds. It says this, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. All right, the next M in comma is the message. What message did you guys get out of this passage? Kill it, and then kill it again, and then kill it again. I think, I think what we're getting coached to is away from, one, what, what Clayton was talking about, which is looking in our past and glamorizing wickedness and evil that was bringing bad things into our lives and somehow forgetting <laughs> what the results of all of that stuff is and was. Um, but Paul is, this is a very straightforward and somewhat harsh coaching from Paul. Don't manage it. 
It's not about sin management. You kill it. You consider yourself dead to it. It has no, no place in your life anymore. Consider yourselves dead to sin. Yeah, mine, I, I just wrote three words. Sin is death. Mm. Uh, just as simple as that. My message is, if you don't find a new master, you haven't found a new savior. That there's, there's that, that idea of when you, you have this new life in Christ, and he says you've got to offer yourselves to God. You've got to, like, Christ becomes your master. He becomes the only one whose mastery actually leads, leads to freedom. And so if you want to be saved, you've got to say, you've got to be in charge. It's giving up saying, I, I can't save myself. I can't run myself. I can't, I can't lead myself. Um, I, I'm, I'm bankrupt without Jesus. And that's, that's the only way. If you haven't found a new master, you haven't found a new savior. What about A, application? How do we respond to this? Kill it. <laughs> and then kill it again. <laughs> it's kind of similar, though. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I, uh, I guess just kind of hearing what you guys are saying. Like, um, it's just asking that question. It's recognizing that if sin is going to lead to death and Jesus is the way to life, then it's, it's this constant daily activity of asking that question, am I offering my life to Jesus in this moment? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's always worth asking the question when you start feeling tempted towards or, or giving into sin, saying, what, what, do I, what do I think it's benefiting me? You know what I mean? There's that, that, that this is, I'm going to let this be my master for a moment. Um, what, what do I think I'm getting from this? And then turning and saying, no, actually, my new master, my new savior uh, is, is offering something better. He's offering me life. So there's, there's the examination of that, that temptation and saying, you know, really, what benefit was this going to be to me? Yeah, when you start, start telling yourself, oh, what's the big deal? God will forgive me anyway. No one will know. Kill it. <laughs> and then kill it again. Just need to make a I T-shirt with that. kill it and kill it again on it. You always want to make T-shirts. I want to make T-shirts. <laughs> All right, guys, maybe we'll have some T-shirts after this episode. I'm not sure. She always looks at me when she says that because she thinks I'm the one that's going to go out. <laughs> and I have, I have actually you have, promised. You've kind of said have, that we I could have make promised that I would, I would make some. That's very true. So. We'll see you one day. All right, friends, that's all that we have for no you today. No one can see us on this podcast. No, it's, it's true. It's only an audio podcast. But if we wear them around, then they'll see them. You want me to wear a T-shirt around our community that says, kill it, and then <laughs> kill, kill it, it again? Maybe not. <laughs> maybe the celebratory noises one. All right. Friends, join us next week for another episode. We'll be looking. If I at interrupt it. you again, <laughs> I'll the... just keep going. We're looking at another epi- uh, another passage from the Bible Savvy reading schedule. And if you are not reading along yet, go to BibleSavvy.com to download it and start reading along. Uh, in the meantime, you can also leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to podcasts. You can email us your questions or suggestions at podcast.biblesavvy.com. You can go to Twitter to find more insights there from us. And you can also tell your friends and come join us again next week.